0: This episode is brought to you in part by Canderell. Coming soon, a luxury master planned condominium community rising at the corner of Bathurst and St. Clair, situated directly on the subway and streetcar line, a monument of architecture and interior design, a timeless expression of glamour and grace. Forêt Forest Hill. Register today at live at foret.ca. That's live at F-O-R-E-T.ca. That's the trailer for the blockbuster movie Top Gun Maverick, starring Tom Cruise. And since it came out in theatres just a few weeks ago, it's already grossed a billion dollars U.S. at the box office. And that's welcome news to Ellis Jacob. He's the CEO of Cineplex, Canada's largest cinema operator. But also, Jacob is hoping it shows Canadian movie lovers will vote with their feet and go back inside his 170 movie theatres, in person, after two years of spending the pandemic surfing Netflix on their couches, while the cinema industry got slammed by COVID lockdowns and capacity limits. Ellis Jacob is probably also happy that his biggest competitor, Netflix, is now bleeding subscribers and revenue, although he insisted he doesn't personally binge-watch anything on Netflix.
1: I live in a condo, and my wife always said we should have put a theater And I said, that's why we own theaters around the country, so we can go to it.
0: I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Wednesday, June the 28th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Ellis Jacob was born in India. The family moved to Montreal, and he later became an accountant, and he spent his career in the Canadian movie industry, working with names like Nat Taylor and Garth Drabinski, and surviving the roller coaster of consolidation and takeovers between famous players and Lowe's and Galaxy, and for the past 19 years, he's been at the helm of Cineplex, the largest theater chain in the country. Under his watch, they've expanded into more than just movies. They have a game section, they have a VIP service, they've got a watch at home, a membership called Cineclub, and of course the famous Scene Points program. He's a big supporter of Baycrest, where his late mother lived. he once told the Toronto International Film Festival they couldn't screen Netflix films at his flagship Scotiabank Theatre in Toronto. The cinema industry thinks Ellis Jacob knows what he's doing. He was just named Operator of the Year at their annual convention in Las Vegas. He's the first Canadian to win that award. Cineplex has lost $42 million in the last quarter thanks to the pandemic, but that's half of what it lost a year ago at the same time, and it may get a big cash injection soon after a Canadian court awarded them a billion dollars in damages after the British cinema operator backed out of a takeover. Coming up, Ellis Jacob will be here to showcase his plans for survival and even growth. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada, right now.
1: Hi, I'm Stacey Barziv in Toronto, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like.
0: One of Canada's oldest Jewish summer camps, Camp Bibi Reback in Alberta, finally got to celebrate its 65th anniversary a year late. The event had to be postponed last summer because of COVID lockdowns, so this past weekend, about 90 former campers and their families turned up for three days of BB66. The camp's located at Pine Lake, halfway between Edmonton and Calgary. There was a Saturday night dance, there was rock climbing and swimming and Jewish services, and some fundraising. The director Stacy Shaken says the highlight was seeing parents who are former campers bring their kids to see what the camp is all about. Before Reback opens for the full regular season on July 10th. It's the first time since the pandemic hit two years ago. <music> Just before I bring on Ellis Jacob, I should tell you we did our interview before Cineplex announced it was adding a dollar fifty service charge on tickets that you buy online or through the mobile app although it's not charging people the fee if they come into the theatres to buy tickets. And that has really got customers' goats. Ellis Jacob joins me now from
1: Toronto. Thank you, and great to be here today.
0: And congratulations on your recent award uh, down at the... I call it NATO, but everybody, when they think NATO, they think about the military, (laughs) the military alliance. This is a different kind of alliance, right? North American Theater Owners Alliance.
1: Yeah, this actually is the CinemaCon is the actual event. And the award is the Marquee Award. I chaired NATO for a number of years and um, it ended in uh, October of 2020. I did the first year of COVID, and then, uh, you know, I'm still on the executive committee, but uh, very much part of the overall movie industry around the world. So you
0: shepherded, steered the movie theater business through the first year of the pandemic. Who is coming back to the movie theaters in person? What is the demographics that you're seeing?
1: What's interesting, Ellen, is that the demographics keep getting much wider, For a period of time while we were in uh, COVID, it was much restricted to the younger demographic. But now what we are seeing is families starting to come back. And I feel with Top Gun opening, you're even going to widen the base of, uh, you know, the demographics right across the spectrum. And I had the fortune to uh, able to see the movie and uh, saw it in Las Vegas at CinemaCon. And it's not good. It's fantastic. Tom does a great job of marketing his movies and talking about them. And uh, I met move- him
0: before, though, when he was younger. You, were, you I saw a picture of you guys when he was young and you were a little yeah. younger.
1: Yeah. And uh, the bottom line is, I think this is going to be his biggest movie opening ever.
0: But with the pandemic, I know personally, I haven't been in a movie theater in over two and a half
1: years. We watch everything at home. How
0: are you? hoping that might be able to be reversed.
1: Yes, I think it's changed a lot because of all the safety protocols we had put in place, people got very comfortable about coming back. Now we have lifted a number of them, but we still basically make sure the cleanliness levels are still at the highest levels. We are trying to move more to technology where you can buy a ticket online, you can order your concessions. There are a lot of ways that we can really make it easier for you to feel comfortable when you get to the movie theater. And we see that uh, moving back nicely over the last number of months. Like when you look at the first quarter, January, we were in trouble because we were shut down for most of the quarter. But as you look into February and March, the percentages we are getting you know, closer to 80% of what we were doing pre-pandemic. I think the second quarter we'll see a, a, a further resurgence And uh, I feel that that'll continue for the next number of months.
0: Are they coming back, as you always like to say, because they like to be social?
1: I think it's the content, number one. And number two is today you can see a movie in so many different ways. In the old days, you saw a movie in 2D. Now you can see it in 3D, 4DX, D-Box, Ultra AVX, VIP. IMAX, you know, there's so many, uh, Screen X, there's so many choices for the guests and you can't replicate that at home. And that's the big difference. Like the tickets that sell out first are all the premium tickets because that's an experience you cannot replicate. And yes, uh, the small TV uh, you have at home, but in the theater, you don't have the cell phone ringing. You don't have all of those distractions. And it is, you know, uh, a great social experience as you sit there and watch that big screen.
0: What about ticket pricing? You mentioned that the premium things are, premium offerings are the ones that sell, are selling out first. How will inflation um, be tweaked a little bit through, or if at all, uh, to cope with the, the rising price of inflation for discretionary purchases such as going to the movies?
1: So we've really focused on the premium uh, uh, offerings and for that you're paying uh, a bit more to go and see it in those offerings and our guests don't mind doing that because they feel it's a much better or a different experience. On the base ticket price, in all honesty, Ellen, it is cheaper today to go to a movie than it was uh, in 2005 when I put Famous Players and Cineplex together.
0: I looked at some of the prices. I mean, do you still have, uh, you know, two ninety nine Tuesdays, or you know, some places to, to be able to do that?
1: We do have a reduced price Tuesdays, but it's not two ninety nine.
0: <laughs> That's how long I haven't been in the movies.
1: <laughs> well, two ninety nine would go back a significantly long period of time. I'll have to get you back to the theater.
0: What's happening with Top Golf? Uh, are that's, is that now on hold because you're focusing on what you have already? What, what can you tell us about that?
1: Yeah, for now, that's uh, not part of uh, what we are focused on going forward. We've got 10 rec rooms and, uh, you know, uh, three palladiums across the country. And uh, oh, w- we look at uh, increasing that depending on opportunities uh, that we see. So
0: top, top golf is on hold, but I didn't hear about the ticket prices. So for now, is there going to be a little tweak because of the cost of inflation at the moment for this next quarter going horn?
1: Look, uh, our focus is bringing people back and, uh, you know, getting them into the theaters. I don't want to make it to a point where the pricing is something that uh, detracts them away from coming to the movies. But again, we have to be careful because costs are going up the supply chain is a challenge, wages are going up, you know, so we have to be as careful as we can. But we've done a lot during the pandemic because we spent a lot of time on technology and using it to the fullest so we can benefit our guests as time goes forward.
0: I want to ask you about Netflix, of course. I'm sure you've talked about it before when the the numbers came out, Netflix financials crashed. I know you were playing hardball with the, the streamers Back in 2019, can you unpack a little bit about what uh, you're, you're doing with the streamers to s- develop a better relationship than, than what happened at TIFF?
1: The most important thing with the streamers and moving forward is uh, basically looking at uh, keeping some of their movies for a theatrical release. And now that the windows between theatrical and streaming is much shorter getting them to get on side with the program like we have with the major studios. And uh, I feel that they've now realized that they've got to use the movie theaters to build their brand. And I'm sure, I don't know if you remember, if you were there in 2019 when I was on stage and did that interview and asked a question about how many people remember the last Netflix movie they saw and not one hand came out of the 250 people. And that's what Netflix is working to change. And that's what they need to do is uh, in partnering with uh, companies like Cineplex.
0: You mentioned um, Netflix. What was the last movie you watched on Netflix?
1: I am not a big consumer of movies on uh, small TVs and streaming platforms. I love going to the movie theater and that's, uh, you know, something... I like to do and a lot of times I go and I walk through I'm very close to the varsity so I go and walk through the theaters to see what's playing and uh, you know going to uh, uh, the movie at uh, at the same time you know I've seen a lot of the bigger movies at the varsity when they come out and uh, you know I, I'm ready to see Top Gun again next week.
0: To close off what cool new things, different or expanded things should a guest be expecting when they come to the movies in 2022 and 2023?
1: Well, I think the VIP really raised the bar and uh, we will continue. Uh, Screen X is amazing because you're seeing the movie right, you know, on all sides. So it makes it a great experience. And I think uh, from a projection perspective, we'll continue to improve that as we move forward and uh, and over the next number of years, because it's a very large capital expense as we change out. And not everybody notices the difference, you know, when you put in a laser projector and uh, have it on the screen. But we will continue to work on providing our guests with the best experience.
0: Well, I guess we will have to use the $400 worth of gift cards that we've been sitting here for two years. Finally, <laughs> that's, that's another thing. Are, are you honoring all those that nobody came during the pandemic and they had tickets and they had gift cards? What, what is the situation with that?
1: <laughs> we you know we are working with everybody to make sure that, uh, you know, we take care of, uh, what the commitments the company has made. And, uh, you know, uh, you could have stayed home and still uh, use your cards as you could have watched, uh, movies on the cineplex store you could have ordered there's a lot of activity that uh, we were involved in and uh look forward to having you back mm-hmm.
0: And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Becca Wirtman-Traub and her family in Vancouver. Becca's grandmother, Frida, was a Holocaust survivor who was hidden in a Polish farmer's barn for a year after losing her parents and all but one of her brothers and sisters to the death camps. Mrs. Wirtman and her late husband, George, moved to Vancouver after the war. She was 96 when she passed away on the weekend. And you can read Becca's tribute to her energetic Bobby on the CJN website. I put the link in our show notes. And we'll end the show with a little bit of Camp BB Reback's big anniversary weekend. With staff member Grace filming a promo about why she's travelled from Australia to work there.
1: The thing I like most about camp is the community feel and the family aspect. That everyone's in this together and we're one big happy family.